and welcome to Episode Epiphanies, a podcast where two friends with very different tastes in TV shows make each other watch the pilot episodes of our favorite shows in the hopes that the other person will have an epiphany and start to like something that they wouldn't normally watch. My name is Jessica, and I pretty much only watch live-action dramas. My name is Natasha, and I pretty much only watch cartoon shows. And this week, we are watching Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which is an hour-long musical dramedy show, for <laughs> lack of a better term, although that's very specific to its vibe. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what else I want to say about it. I'm going to do the little Natasha spiel she usually does, where it came out in 2014. Okay. Uh, it was on the CW. It holds the record for the lowest rated show to ever be renewed for season three. <laughs> that's impressive, honestly. Good for it. Honestly, that's great. Uh, and it's mainly because the CW as a network doesn't give a shit about Nielsen ratings because it's a network for teenagers and a lot of teenagers are streaming their content off of their website. Interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, I guess the idea is that, like, the CW had a better idea of the numbers it was getting than, like, the official TV ratings it gets. That's cool. Yeah. So, Natasha, do you want to tell me if you knew anything about this show before going into it? I'd heard of it, mostly from you. I think I'd maybe seen people online talk about it. Like, I knew it existed, for sure. I knew it was a musical, because you'd said that. That's pretty much all I knew. <laughs> I think I, I like have, I vaguely remember you saying some stuff about it. Like I think in honestly previous episodes of our podcast, you've talked about Crazy Ex-Girlfriend briefly. Like maybe when we've talked about ships, you either said like there's a ship in here that you thought I'd really hate or that is like weird or, or so, so, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember. I know you've talked about it before, but clearly okay. it didn't stick in my head. <laughs> I probably have talked about the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend ships before. I don't know if they were on this podcast, but I probably have. I don't know who I would have said you would hate. I might, you might, that might not have been what you said. I don't know. I just assume that when you talk to me about ships, you're telling me the ships that I would hate. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Rude, but okay. Maybe you were telling me I would like it. I don't know. I don't remember. But yeah, basically all I knew is it exists, you watched it, and it's a musical. That's it. Okay, great. I remember telling you that it would hurt my heart if you didn't like it, and then I was watching this pilot episode, and I was like, oh, Natasha's not gonna like this. <laughs> so we'll we'll see. see. We'll see what you say. Don't spoil it. Do you want to jump right into what happens in the first episode? I do. I also, when you just now said that this show came out in 2014, mm-hmm. that's very interesting, because that means that this show is technically set in the future, of when it came out, because the very first scene is the main character, her name is Rebecca, at a summer camp, and it says it's 2005. She's at summer camp in 2005. And then a few scenes later, we jump ahead, and it's 10 years later, which (laughs) means the show is set in 2015, and if it came out in 2014, it's not a big thing, it's just funny. I wonder if they expected it to come out in 2015. Maybe. Because I do remember there was a conversation with uh, the creator, Rachel Bloom, who mm-hmm. plays Rebecca, mm-hmm. saying that the show was originally set to air on Showtime, but Showtime wanted it to be grittier and really serious because that's what Showtime is. Mm-hmm. And she was like, that's that's not what the show is. Mm-hmm. 
And I guess she's friends with the person who created Jane the Virgin. And she was like, oh, this is actually a really similar vibe. Maybe I should pitch the CW. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. So I wonder if, like, they expected it to come out later and for whatever reason it came out early. But also, apparently it's set in the future. Just just slightly. Just by just a year. slightly in the future. Just one year in the future. <laughs> just to, like, really fuck you up. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> uh, it starts with uh, a summer camp in 2005. Uh, and there's a teenage girl... Rebecca, as we will learn, and she's singing a song about being in love. It's like a it's like a, um, a musical theater summer camp. And then she ha- does her little show, and then it's her walking with her summer boyfriend, like the guy she dated for su- the summer during camp. His name is Josh, and her being like, like, oh my gosh, this was the best summer ever, and I was so happy when I was singing, and I'm so happy with you, and you've awakened my like sexual being, and we're like meant to be together, and she's so happy, and he's just kind of like, um, yeah, cool, and then it's clearly like the last day of camp, and she's like, oh yeah, we'll see each other at like Christmas break and whatever, and he's like, you know, I think that, you know, we had a great time together at camp, but I think that we should, you know take a break and she's like so upset and he's like you're just kind of like weird and dramatic (laughs) she's like harsh but she was also being very dramatic yeah she's also like 16 she could be weird and dramatic about her summer boyfriend who took her virginity oh absolutely it's very perfectly like what a 16 year old would do like it's great and the best part is she says he's like i think we should take a break and she's like but i love you and he's like and thank you for that (laughs) Yeah. Which is, like, so peak, like, 16, like, awkward, like, oh, it's so good. Very good exchange. Very, it felt very <laughs> real. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then he leaves with his parents, and then her mom picks her up, and it's very obvious from that scene that her mom is very, like, overbearing and controlling, and her mom doesn't like that she's trying to pursue this singing thing. Her mom wants her to do Model, U, model UN or something. And yeah become a lawyer and stuff and her mom is being very harsh and she's like looking at Josh with his parents who they seem all happy and they're hugging and she's with her mom who's terrible and she's sad because her boyfriend broke up with her and she's sad because she doesn't like her mom and smash cut to 10 years later the future (laughs) of 2015 (laughs) and uh we see adult Rebecca in a really nice apartment um and she's talking on the phone with her mom and her mom is talking about how I don't remember exactly what her mom says but Basically, we get the sense that she is now a lawyer, she's in New York, she's really successful, but she's super unhappy. She just looks unhappy, her mom is yelling at her through the phone and she's barely paying attention. We see her computer screen and it's like a dating website, and then it's an article that says, how much sleep deprivation can a person survive? (laughs) Yeah. Which is a mood. <laughs> and then she looks over at the TV or something and there's an ad for like margarine, but the ads like the ad campaign is like when was the last time you were truly happy? And she's just like looking at this ad and she's just sad. She doesn't like her life. And then we see her at work and she's in this big law firm in New York and she's really successful and she finds out that she's going to get a promotion. Her like coworker is like you're about to be promoted to partner of the law firm and she's like great cool that's that's great definitely want Love that, that. <laughs> and she's like hold on i just need to i need to go get a smoothie and she like runs out of the building and her coworker is like what are you doing you're about to get a promotion don't run away i think she looks over and she sees the one where you truly happy ad again yeah. on like a magazine or something 
And then she runs outside. She's like in an alley and she looks up. She's like freaking out. She's she's about to take some medication, I guess, for maybe like anxiety or something, but she drops it everywhere and she's kind of having like a panic attack and she's like, I should be happy. Like, I'm going to get a great promotion. My mom will be so proud of me, but like, I'm not happy, but I should be happy. And then she looks up. Oh, and then she tries to pray. She's like, I don't pray to you, God, because I believe in science, <laughs> but like, please give me a sign. And then she looks up and she sees that margarine ad again. And she's like, that's a really weird ad campaign, which it is. That was such a good, just, I don't know, the way she said it, she was like, what is, that's such a weird ad, really got me. Oh, and then the sign, there's like the ad, the big billboard for the margarine, and then there's like a little arrow pointing, it's like a street sign, but it kind of like falls and it points down and she looks where it's pointing and there's like a glow and it's Josh, (laughs) her boyfriend from summer camp. And he's here in New York. And she's like, oh my God, it's a sign. So she runs over to him. And at this point in my notes, I wrote, I really like this actress's vibe. I really like her. And then she runs over and starts talking to Josh. And I was like, Josh is also really cute. Josh is adorable. I really like the two actors for, for the two main characters. They're very cute. They are. I also really like her voice. I don't know. I, I feel yeah. like I've seen her in something, maybe. She seemed familiar, but I couldn't think of where. But she has a good voice, a good vibe. She plays this character really well. Right, so then she runs over to Josh. She's like, oh my god, it's crazy. Do you remember me? And he's like, yeah, I remember you from summer camp. And she's all, like, done up in her, like, lawyer business stuff. And he's, like, casual with, like, a flannel and whatever. But he's like, wow, like, so good to see you. And she's like, what are you doing? Like, you live in New York now? And he's like, yeah, I live in New York, but I'm actually... Oh, and then he says something about, like, wow, like, I remember, like, we had such a great summer together that year, and, like, if only I'd known you were going to be so successful and hot. (laughs) He's like, I really let a good one get away. Which, like, is kind of an asshole-ish thing to say, (laughs) but she's very happy about it. (laughs) The thing about Josh is, Josh, I feel like his look and his vibe are so cute and innocent Mm -hmm. that you, like, badly want to like Josh Mm -hmm. and then if you pick apart his actions he is such an asshole yeah I feel like it could definitely go that way so far like we saw him as a teenager which like he was 16 and his his summer camp girlfriend was being overbearing I don't blame him and then the only other time we really see him in this episode is this one exchange which like the thing about if only I knew you were going to be hot is <laughs> a pretty asshole. Everything else he does, I would say he seems very chill, but I... He is chill. Yeah, but I could see with that particular line it going in a direction of like, he's kind of an asshole, but she doesn't see it. But I don't know, because we don't actually see him that much in this episode. We don't. We see him here, and he's like, he's like, yeah, you know, I'm here in New York. I wanted to make it here, but I'm actually going to be moving back home. Um, because everyone back home is just happy and, you know, and she keeps hearing like in her mind, like an angel voice saying like, happy, happy <laughs> every time she like thinks about being happy or he says it or whatever. And then she's like, oh yeah, where, where's home? Where are you from? And he's like, West Covina, California, which like California sounds really like cool and great, but he's like, yeah, it's, it's like two hours from the beach or four hours with traffic. Like, it's not like nice, fancy California. It's just no. like somewhere in California that's actually quite far from the beach. It is just a little town. But she's like, wow, that's amazing. Too bad you're moving. And he's like, yeah, you know, if you're ever in in California, here's my number. Give me a call. And she's like, cool. And then he walks away and she's just staring after him like, oh my God, Josh. And then (laughs) we cut 
back to her at her job and she's like in the boardroom uh, at the law office and she's getting the promotion. Her boss is like, you're amazing. You clearly like live for this job. You've, you've worked here for like however many years. You've never taken a sick day. We can tell that this job is your entire life, which like clearly <laughs> the boss is saying that like a good thing, but you can see her being like, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> I've not done anything with my life except be a lawyer. And then she starts going off on this thing about like, you know, sometimes there's a time with like time. <laughs> it's the time to do a new thing with time. And you can't say no when destiny comes. And she's like, <laughs> like turning around in her chair and just kind of like staring off into the distance. And her boss is like, what is happening? And she's like, so, you know, I think I have to decline this promotion. And then her, it's like her boss and some other guy, I don't know, her law bosses are like <laughs> what's this other opportunity are you are you going to another law firm and they're like naming all these law firms and she's like no not that not that she's like i'm going where dreams are made or like where dreams come true <laughs> or something like that and then they just watch her leave and then she goes outside and she takes off her jacket and she bursts into song and it's the first musical number of the episode yeah uh and she's basically singing about how she's so excited to change her life and things are going to be new and she's going to move to West Covina, California and it's the best place ever. And there's a very fun thing where like she keeps standing in front of signs to like block off part of the sign and it spells something. And at one point she's like, yeah, I'm going to move. And then like the way she's blocking off a sign, the, the letters that are visible say Josh. But instead of saying that she's going to like see Josh, she's like, I'm going to West Covina. That she has a whole song about how like, I'm not moving for Josh. That would be crazy. I'm just moving because I really want to live in this little town in California. And it's not about Josh at all. Complete coincidence that Josh lives there. <laughs> yeah, totally coincidence. Uh, and so like throughout the song, we see her like leaving New York and then going to West Covina. And she's like so thrilled. She's like, this is the best place ever. But like the visuals are like, this is kind of a shitty town. It's not great. It's, it's, no. it's just a little dinky town that's not that nice. But she's so excited about it. Yeah, it's kind of like, I love the vibe in this episode that West Covina is kind of the way you would think of a small town somewhere in the Midwest, except it's in California. Yeah. Because I feel like that's a vibe you really don't get. If someone's a small town, they mean, like, Midwest. It's like, no, it's just, it's four hours from the beach. <laughs> Two hours if there's no traffic. <laughs> I'm on Greg's side on this one. I'm sorry, it's four hours away. <laughs> yeah. It is, it's very good because it's very clearly California, but it's like, it's not, it's not the, like, picturesque, what you think of when you think of, like, L.A., right? It's, yeah. So it's, it's, it's good because it's, like, there's small dinky towns everywhere. And every place that sounds really cool, like California, isn't going to be, like, amazing and picturesque everywhere. So it's, it's fun. I like that. Especially because when he originally says he's in California, I had a certain image in my head. And then when she gets there, it's not that. <laughs> yeah. Which is a nice contrast. And through that song, we get the sense that she, or we see that she, like, bought a house in West Camina and she's moving in and she's like, this is great. And then when the song ends, we see her dumping a bunch of pills down a sink, which yeah. like clearly is like she she was like depressed and taking medication, but now she's like, I don't need it anymore because I'm happy in West Camina. Bad decision, but yeah. Yeah, that's not how it works. Don't just <laughs> stop taking med school turkey. And then her mom calls and her mom is like yelling at her for making this crazy decision. She, Her mom also says something like, 
There's a couple references or jokes in this episode about, like, suicide or suicide attempts, which is, like, on the one hand, not a great thing to joke about. I do think the intention behind it is the idea that, like, Rebecca is clearly not happy and not stable, but she, like, the people around her, like, her mom and herself refuse to, like, acknowledge that, and she's just like, no, everything's fine, and I'm fine, and suicide is a joke, and depression's not real, and blah blah blah. So I do think there's, like, an intention behind those jokes, uh, rather than just, like, joking. Yes, I completely agree with you. Uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend actually has a very good handle on how it talks about mental health, Mm. and I would agree that the intention in the first episode is that the show is from Rebecca's point of view, Mm-hmm. And to her at this point in her life, that is not the serious issue it should be. Yeah, yeah. I, that's the sense I got. I was like, a few of the things they said in this episode kind of made me like, Ugh, but I, I felt like it could, like, there was a good intention and it's good to know that they do handle it well going forward because I feel like it could kind of go either way. But I, I got the sense that they, they kind of knew what they were doing with it. So there's that. She hangs up on her mom. And then she texts Josh, because, you know, he just happens to be in town. <laughs> he just happens to live there. Um, and so we see her text Josh and being like, wow, isn't it crazy that I'm here now? We should hang out. And then sends him the text and is waiting for him to answer, waiting for him to answer. He doesn't answer. It, she falls asleep on the couch. It's the next morning. He still hasn't answered. And we can see her kind of, like, deflating a little bit from, like, her... Like, she was so excited and happy, and then now she's kind of like, oh, maybe, maybe this isn't so great. (laughs) And then we cut to her new job, which is, like, she was in this, like, really fancy law firm, really high level in New York, and now it's like, I mean, it just looks like a law office to me, but the, 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 the sense we get from what everyone's saying in the episode is that this is, like, small potatoes compared to the job she had in New York. This is, like, a tiny little law office in some small town, and she's way above this. And everyone in the office is like, what is she doing here? She's, like, way overqualified. What the heck? And then we meet her boss, who... This episode also has a few jokes about, like, race and stuff that are a little, like, uh, There's kind of an ongoing joke about her boss being, like, part Native American, and it's kind of played as a joke, and it's like, meh. And then he makes some jokes about her being Jewish later, where, like, again, I feel like they're calling out, because she kind of calls him out for it, but it's also, like, did you need the joke? I don't know. But, so there's that. But then we, the other main thing about the boss is that he's getting a divorce, and he wants her, because she's a really, like, high level lawyer she went to harvard and stuff to represent him in his divorce with his wife because he doesn't want his wife to take his daughter he's like this is he's like crying in his office she's like really uncomfortable she's like you're like hiring me but also you want me to be your lawyer and also i'm a real estate lawyer and it's like a totally different thing but (laughs) i'll think about it The real estate lawyer joke is very good in this show. It only pops up, like, a few times, but every once in a while they ask them to do something that's, like, not real estate law, and they're like, we're real estate lawyers. (laughs) I do like that because I feel like in media and just in real life, you, like, forget that there's, like, different types of lawyers. Yeah. It's not just, like, a lawyer who does everything. Especially media. It's usually defense lawyers, corporate lawyers, or I forget what the other type you usually get is, but it's mostly defense lawyers. It's usually crime and media, and they're, like, divorce lawyers. You get divorce Mm -hmm. lawyers a lot in TV shows. Yeah. Well, because I feel like real estate lawyer is not that, like, exciting for a job. Yeah. 
but it's it's kind of a fun joke in this that she's this like really high level lawyer, but she's she's a real estate lawyer. <laughs> to be fair, in New York, that's probably very important. True. So yeah, she's starting her first day at work. Um, all the other people who work, I mean, we only see like three people, but the people who work there are very suspicious of her. They're like, why the heck is she here? Specifically, this one woman named Paula is like, I'm going to figure out what this New York lady is doing in our small town. <laughs> Your little accent there was very good. My Paula impression. But Rebecca doesn't really care because she still just keeps checking her phone because she wants Josh to text her. Uh, and then she gets a notification on her phone that Josh checked in to a, a sports bar, which, yeah. like, there used to be, maybe this still exists, there used to be that thing called, like, Foursquare, where people <laughs> would, like, say where they were, which I never used, but I, I heard of, and I'm like, is that a thing people do? Do people publicly check in where they are? You can do it on Facebook. Oh, See, I, 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 yeah, I guess she was checking his Facebook. Yeah, I think she had notification alerts set up on, mm. I assume Facebook, but maybe Foursquare to see where he was. It's just funny because, like, I know that's a thing, but it seems so random that, like, like, why would you ever publicly announce where you're hanging out? Oh, because you're stupid. Yeah, I guess. So he's publicly announcing where he's hanging out, which is at a sports bar, and she sees that, and she goes, she's like, Bye, guy who's hiring me and wants me to represent the lawyer. I need to go real quick. See ya. And she runs out of the office and goes to this, like, baseball sports bar. Um, and she's looking for Josh. And she, like, sits down. And the bartender is like, are you lost? Yeah. <laughs> she does not look like she belongs there. And she looks really confused. And she's like, no, no, no. I'm waiting for a friend. Can I have a beer? And he's like, sure. And then the bartender, they start chatting a little bit because he's like, who are you? Why are you here? She's like oh, I'm from New York, I'm waiting for someone. And he's like, oh, my friend just moved back from New York. But like, you probably don't know him because it's a big city. And she's like, oh, just, you know, just let me know. Maybe I do. And he's like, yeah, his name is Josh Chan. And she's like, oh my goodness, you would never believe it. I do know him. (laughs) And now she's so excited because she was looking for Josh and this guy knows Josh. And the guy who I think his name is Greg, the bartender, Greg is like, oh, well, you know, I know where Josh is going to be tomorrow. He's going to be at a party. (laughs) And she's like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah, you know, like, we could go to the party together. And, like, I literally wrote in my notes, this bartender is asking her out? Why does this bartender like her? She seems so, like... She runs in, she, like, looks frazzled, and she's like, I I really need to know where this guy Josh is. Like, she looks like a stalker. But then, immediately after I wrote that note, he's like... You're hot, you're smart, and you're ignoring me, which means you're my type. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, I guess he likes that she is not paying any attention to him and is just looking for Josh. Yeah. I love Greg. So Greg invites her to the party, and she's like, totally, I'm going to go because she wants to see Josh. And then we get another song, which is the sexy getting ready song, uh, <laughs> which is a whole song about Rebecca getting ready for the party, and it's basically a song about how women have to put so much effort into getting ready and looking good for things and men just don't which is like i hate that that's a thing but also like it is a thing so i like that they're kind of like calling it out that like yeah the dude is just like sleeping on his couch before going to the party and she's like doing a whole thing she keeps like burning herself with her curling iron (laughs) and stuff she's like a mess (laughs) but it's a funny song 
There's also a bit in the song where a rapper shows up and he's doing like a rap part of the song and then he like stops and he's like, oh my God, you have to do so much to get ready. I need to rethink stuff in my life, which comes back at the end of the episode, which is the only reason I mentioned it. Yeah. And then, so that's the song. It was good. It was funny. She gets to the party. She's there with Greg and she's clearly distracted looking for Josh and she keeps asking Greg questions about Josh and stuff. And he's like, what's like, what's the deal with you and Josh? And she's like, what? Nothing. We're just old friends. I just want to see him. It's nothing. And he's like, because like, if you're into Josh, I get it. He's really good looking and he knows magic. <laughs> Greg. Oh, which was so good. Cause first of all, love that Greg is like, yeah, my bro's hot. But also, the detail that he's like, I would get it if you liked him, because he knows magic. Yeah. (laughs) It's so funny to me. And also, like, he very obviously means, like, close-up magic, like, fake magic. But a very small part of my mind was like, what if he just meant real magic? (laughs) Yeah, Josh is, like, secretly a witch. (laughs) Yeah. That would be an amazing plot twist for this show. (laughs) Uh, there's enough wild things going on in this show. They don't need actual real magic to complicate it. But maybe I want Josh to be a wizard. <laughs> Josh would probably also want that, so fair yeah. enough. <laughs> but she's insisting that she's like, no, I don't. I'm not uh, into Josh. I'm into you. And then they're making out in all over the house at this party <laughs> that they're at. And everywhere that they're making out, she's like on alert looking for Josh and Greg is like making out with her but getting increasingly like a little awkward about the fact that she's very clearly not paying attention to him. Yeah. And then uh, when they finally end up like in a bedroom and they're about to like hook up Greg gets a text from Josh that's like oh I can't make it to the party because my girlfriend is taking me to her sister's or niece's or something, Quinceañera which it's like late at night at a party. Is this yeah. child having a quinceanera at like 10 p.m.? Apparently. I don't know. Or maybe like the implication is that he was at the quinceanera and is still there. Oh, yeah. Maybe. And he just didn't text earlier or he thought he'd be out earlier. Yeah. The point being, Josh has a girlfriend. But it, just made, it was just <laughs> funny to me. I was like, well, how late? In the night is this child's quinceanera. Yeah. (laughs) It's her quinceanera. She's allowed to stay up late. Leave her alone. She's 15. But the fact that he's texting about it now would imply that it's starting now. (laughs) It's a very cool quinceanera that starts really late at night. (laughs) But you do have your sister or aunt or whatever have her boyfriend come. That says a lot about Josh's girlfriend as a person, Mm -hmm. which you can't tell from this episode because you don't meet her in this episode, but me knowing that character, it is far more about Valencia than it is about the quinceanera. (laughs) Interesting. Okay, that makes me interested to know who Valencia is as a person. But yes, the point of all of that being, Josh has a girlfriend, Rebecca is clearly unhappy about that, and... She's still trying to make out with Greg, and he's like, are you sure? Like, you seem distracted. She's like, no, 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 it's fine. I don't care. But also, like, tell me about Josh and his girlfriend. And Greg is like, "Eh." and she's like, no, 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 never mind. I'll shut up. But also, like, just, 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 you know, just tell me about, like, what's Josh's type? What type is his girlfriend? And she, like, keeps, like, asking a question, and Greg be like, ugh, and her be like, no, 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 never mind. Let's keep making out. Until he finally is like, she's, like, crying at this point. Yeah. She's like, 
we have to stop. You can't, you can't, you're clearly distressed and, and clearly have a thing for Josh. I really want to have sex with you, but I'm not going to. <laughs> a testament to him really apparently having a crush on her that after all this, he still wants to have sex with her. <laughs> or a testament to men. I guess, but I feel like even if you thought she was hot, everything she has done at this party would be such a turnoff. Yeah, Greg has very bad taste in women, okay? He clearly does. But at least he's smart enough to be like, okay, no, we're not going to have sex while you're crying about Josh. And so he's like, I'll just drive you home. It's fine. Which is nice that he doesn't just kick her out or whatever. And then they're leaving the party, and then as they're leaving the party, Paula, uh, who is Rebecca's new co-worker, shows up at the party, like, yelling at Rebecca, being like, I need to talk to you! And Rebecca's like, what the heck are you doing here? And then Paula pulls her aside, and Paula is like, who is Josh? And she's like, how do you know about Josh? And Paula's like, I checked your computer and you checked Josh's <laughs> Facebook 63 times today. And she's like, you were going through my computer? And Paula's like, yes. Rebecca's like, I could have you fired. And then Paula is like, you're pathetic or whatever. They don't yeah, they don't like Oh no, Paula's thing is you lied to me. Yeah. Because um, Paula had asked Rebecca, like, why she moved to town. And Rebecca was like, oh, no reason. I don't know anybody here. And Paula's like, you lied to me. You do know someone here. And Rebecca's like, I wasn't under oath to tell you the truth. (laughs) You going through my computer and me lying to you about whether I knew anyone in town is not the same. (laughs) I really appreciated Rebecca's logic there because I was like, yeah, that's completely not on the same level. Yeah. But then Rebecca kind of has like a breakdown in this moment where she realizes she's like, I didn't move here for Josh. If I moved here for Josh, that would be crazy. And I'm not crazy. And then she's like, oh my God, I did move here for Josh. I am crazy. I'm completely like illogical. And like, I'm everything my mother said I was. And and then as she's kind of freaking out about this terrible decision she made, Paul is like, no, 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 no. It's okay. It's okay. Calm down. Now we're friends now, actually. <laughs> <Decided>. <laughs> Paula just goes 180 from yelling at her about lying to her to be like, no, we're best friends and I'm going to help you and I'm so proud of you because you moved here for love and you're brave. And it's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Paula has big mom friend energy and I really appreciate it. Yeah, she does. And she's, it's, it's, it's very funny that she does a complete 180, but I feel like it's, it's, it's meant to be funny. So it doesn't come off as like dumb. Like, yeah, it's, it's not like, okay, why did she suddenly change her mind? It's like, no, it's funny that she changed her mind. Therefore it's fine. Yeah. So now, now Paula is like, we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna help you get Josh, your, your true love. And then they break into song one more time. It's like a reprise of the West Covina song from the beginning. And the name Josh appears in the sky and the stars. And Paula and Rebecca are like, yes, we're going to do this. We're going to help Rebecca find her true love, Josh. And then it cuts to the last scene of the episode, which is the rapper from the previous song calling a bunch of women and being like, sorry, I was disrespectful to you. I'm a changed man. (laughs) Which was, um, I appreciated it as just like a funny callback to earlier that is completely I assume completely unrelated to the plot. Yeah. It would be wild if this rapper <laughs> guy ended up being like a character in the show who was important. That would be beautiful. But no. But I'm assuming it's just a gag, but it was a good gag. I liked the callback. And that's the end of the episode. That's that's uh, the pilot of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. It sure is. What did you think about it? I thought it was funny. I, I liked that it was funny. I liked the musical songs because... I. 
I feel like sometimes I find musicals kind of eh, but I yeah. I think that they work best when they're being very absurdist. And yes. this is clearly being comedic and absurdist, so it works. It's not trying to be, like, a serious musical. So I feel like it worked. The songs were funny. They were good. I really liked the actress playing Rebecca. I thought she did a really good job. Her dialogue was just snappy. It felt very, like... Like, obviously, it wasn't improv, but it had the cadence where, like, you know, some comedies feel very scripted and some feel more, like, improv-y or, or like, very, like, natural? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it felt like that, which I liked. I think that made her as a character feel more, like, real in, like, clearly a very absurd, funny situation. I don't know. It worked. I liked her. I thought she was good. I like it. I like it. There were a few jokes that made me kind of, eh, but also this came out in 2015 on CW, so what do you expect? Yeah, I... (laughs) The point where she was in her office with Daryl was the point where I was like, oh, Natasha's not gonna like this. (laughs) I was like, this show is not... This pilot... Well, I do like this pilot. I think the thing that struck me while watching it, where I I thought you weren't going to like it, where I, I was like, this is not this show's strength, which mm. I feel like it's true of every single pilot. Yeah. But this pilot especially, I feel like it has all the elements of the show, and I feel mm. like it's giving you a really strong setup for the show, mm-hmm. but it's not, like, it's not hitting what hits in later episodes like it hasn't quite hit its stride yet which is fine it's the pilot yeah yeah what do you think happens in the show i feel like she keeps trying to woo josh paula tries to help her greg (laughs) also tries to help her but also very clearly has a crush on her so kind of has like a uh uh conflicted motivation of like clearly my new friend paula but also, he's friends with Josh, so I don't really know actually what Greg's deal is going to be. Is he going to be like, I'm going to help? Or sorry, my new friend Rebecca, not he's not going to call Is he going to be like, I want to help Rebecca get with Josh? Is he going to be like, I want to help myself get with Rebecca? Is he going to be like, I want to help Josh avoid this person who's being very creepy towards him? <laughs> I, actually, I don't know. I feel like Greg could go many different ways. And I feel like there's going to be like drama with her mom, which at first will be played as comedic and then probably get a little bit more serious later when you realize that like... Rebecca has some actual mental health issues and her mom is not respectful of her and only cares about her, you know, being a successful lawyer. And then we'll see more of Josh. And I feel like that'll be kind of season one. I feel like maybe like season two or three, she'll get over Josh or realize Josh isn't for her. And then she'll get like latch onto someone else, which like kind of doesn't go with the premise of the show of her being Josh's crazy ex-girlfriend, but I feel like they can't sustain three seasons of <laughs> just going after Josh, so that something else must happen. <laughs> it's four seasons. Four seasons. But yeah, I feel like it's just like comedy relationship drama with some fun songs. Yeah. I don't know. That's the vibe I got. <laughs> yeah, no, that's pretty valid. So I know how much I can spoil. Would you consider watching more of this? I feel like I would watch this show casually. Like, I, I I liked, I thought it was funny. I liked the songs. I liked the characters. But I feel like any show where the main premise is about relationship drama, even when it's a comedy, I just, I don't care enough. Like, it, it kind of annoys me after a while when people just keep, like, when that's the the main plot line. I'm like, I, just, I don't care. So I, I can't see myself, like, sitting down and binging this show. 
I feel like I would watch some episodes, but I feel like if I tried to binge it, I would just get so annoyed with all the characters for just being... So I don't know if I would watch it. That is totally valid because this show is a relationship drama in pretty much its purest form. Mm -hmm. Like there is... The entire premise is stalking Josh. Yeah. So I feel like it's like, if you like relationship dramas, it's probably great. But I feel like the things I liked about it weren't strong enough to make me want to watch a whole show that's a relationship drama. That's valid. I'm going to send you some of my favorite songs and you can watch those. Absolutely. I will watch those. So yeah, feel free to spoil stuff. In fact, you if you spoil enough, maybe you'll hit on something that sounds really interesting to me and will make me want to watch it. I can't think of things that would be interesting to you. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, so the whole season is about trying to get with Josh, being with Josh. She mm-hmm. dates Greg for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, she hooks up with Josh at the end of season one. Classic. In season two, there's kind of this whole thing going on where Greg and Josh are both mad at her because she was technically still with Greg when she slept with Josh. But Greg has issues. (laughs) I mean, he has bad taste in women, first of all. First of all, uh, Greg is also an alcoholic, which is dealt with, like, very well, I think. Like, they do make some jokes about it, but, like, the main thing is, like, we have to get him sober, and there is, like, his friends are concerned about him. When we first meet Greg, he says, I rewound this, like, three times to see if I heard it right. She is like, oh, I'm looking for my friend. And he's like, oh, is your friend an eight-year-old or an alcoholic? (laughs) Because that's what we have. Yeah. And I was like, I don't understand the joke. Okay. Are there eight-year-olds at the bar? So you've been calling this a sports bar. It's not really a sports bar. What it is is, like, essentially the eatery that is beside a baseball diamond and is licensed to sell alcohol. I agree it looks like a bar. It has a very big bar area. But mm-hmm. what it basically is is kids play t-ball outside and then they come and eat in there and the parents That makes drink. more sense. Yeah. I thought it was a bar where you watched baseball games, like a sports bar no. specifically for baseball. And I was like, why Why did he say eight-year-olds? <laughs> no, it's like there are t-ball players in there. I agree that's okay. not entirely clear in the pilot. That makes a lot more sense. I love Greg. We lose uh, the actor who plays Greg. Mm-hmm. Because the show had such low ratings, no one yeah. expected it to get a season two. So the actor who played Greg was contracted to start, like, an actual musical when season two was renewed. So he's in a few episodes of season two. He essentially gets sober and leaves and is like, Rebecca, our relationship is really unhealthy. Like, I'm going to business school. I'm leaving. That's good, honestly. Good for him. Good for him. The really fun thing is in season five, we get a different... There's five seasons? Season four, sorry. I always think there's five seasons. There's only four. Um, In season four, we get a different actor who comes back as Greg because they couldn't get the same actor, but they wanted Greg for the finale. Yeah. And the actor is Skylar Austin, who's the guy in Pitch Perfect, but he nails Greg's vibe, like, so hard. Like, he is 100% the same person. 
That's great. I, I did think that the actor playing Greg had a really good vibe. I also mm. made a note that I was like, I also really like him. There's something about his vibe that was also really good. So it's good that they captured it. He's very strong, and his replacement is, like, really good at, like, hitting that, which I feel like a lot of times when they replace the actor, you don't get that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very well done. So Greg gets replaced with a different second love interest, because you can't have only one love interest on a show. Of course not. Of course not. Who's, like, this big corporate guy whose dad bought Daryl's law firm, Mm-hmm. And he comes in to like take over the law firm. And the really funny thing is he's such an obvious replacement for Greg that of course the audience is immediately just gonna like be resistant to him mm-hmm. because he's just kind of this guy and he's suddenly there and you're like, yeah. he has nothing to do with anyone. We don't like him. <laughs> the show immediately calls you the fuck out for this. <laughs> and there's a song called Who's This New Guy? And it's everyone in the office being like, who's this new guy? We don't trust him. (laughs) And there's a line in it that's like, why would we root for someone who's male and straight and white? (laughs) True. It's very good. Uh, So yeah, I mean, it's a lot of relationship drama. Oh, also on that note, I do like that the the guy that she's in love with is not white. That Josh is not white. Because it's it's a, it's, it's nice that like this guy she's absolutely obsessed with isn't just a generic white guy um and i know there's like a thing about there's not a lot of asian male leads in romance yeah roles like i think that was a big thing when crazy rich asians came out like people were like this is like very rare so it's nice that like the guy that's like i know he maybe ends up being kind of an asshole but what love interest isn't but the fact (laughs) that the guy she's so obsessed with is not like generic white man so i thought that was good i really do love josh i think josh in the final season really grows and I end up Mm -hmm. really loving Josh at the end. Mm -hmm. And Josh has such a kind vibe. It's really hard to like dislike Josh when you're actively watching the show. It's more Mm -hmm. like when you take a step back and you realize like his girlfriend who they mentioned, they're like, she's his high school sweetheart. He came back to be with her. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was definitely dating her when he slept with Rebecca in summer camp. Teenage Josh. Tut tut. (laughs) Yeah, and then he tells her she's hot on the street, and then for a while he's, like, hanging out with her, and, like, yeah, they're friends, but he doesn't tell his girlfriend that this girl is his ex, and it's, like, Josh just, he, he's very young, he's making some mistakes, he does grow up, but Josh is a questionable person. He also (laughs) leaves Rebecca at the altar and goes into seminary school. He's, you know, <laughs> he's a little uncertain about what he wants out of life. And is that not relatable? Yeah. He, God, Josh, what a guy. He's a guy. I adore him. His actor is adorable, though. He seemed very, so from the very few scenes he was in, he did have a very good, wholesome vibe. He does. He has a great vibe. On that note, who do you think my favorite ship is in this show? Boy. Rebecca and Josh? No. I don't know. Oh, my my crack ship that I want that is definitely not a thing is Greg and Josh. Greg and Josh. <laughs> After Greg says he's hot and knows magic. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's hot and he does magic. Oh, uh, boy. Uh, does it involve Rebecca? Yes. Is it Re- Rebecca and the new guy that comes? No. <laughs> is it Rebecca and Greg? Yes. Okay. Rebecca- I'm like, you only need about four characters in your yeah. summary, so. Rebecca and 
Greg have actually like a really fun dynamic because she's this like very like big bubbly personality and Greg's kind of the like sarcastic like everything sucks guy mm-hmm. so they have a very good dynamic they're very bad for each other in the start but I think where the show ends they have a very like strong basis for a relationship that's good yeah they're cute they're very cute Canon queers. You meet, okay, you meet one person in the show who's canonically queer in this episode, and another is mentioned. It's not Greg and Josh, is it? No, I'm sorry, it is not Greg and Josh. (laughs) Um, okay, who, boy, uh, Paula? No. (laughs) Who else do we meet in this episode? (laughs) Daryl? Daryl, yes. Oh, really? Daryl is bi. Good for him, even though he was kind of a weird asshole in this episode. Daryl's very weird in this episode. Daryl's just kind of, like, pathetic. Mm-hmm. And I really think Daryl is, in this episode, is trying to get across, like, the small town vibe of, like, yes, it's L.A., but it's still a little ignorant. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which they do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Daryl gets a lot better. Daryl is by Daryl dates White Josh, who... <laughs> His name is White Josh! He's the second tier Josh. You have two Joshes in your group. Yeah. Anyway. That's funny. I love White Josh. (laughs) Yeah, Daryl has a big song about coming out as bi. He's very fun. (laughs) I want to hear that song. I I will send you that song. And then the other one, because you're not going to guess it, Josh's girlfriend, who we don't meet in this episode, she's bi. That was going to be my other guess only because I was like, what other character gets mentioned in this episode that we don't meet? I was like, I was going to say Josh's girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Good job. Good for her. She has a girlfriend later on. Nice. Good for her. Yeah. And I guess white Josh is also queer. White Josh <laughs> is also Daryl. gay. There is a girl whose name I don't remember who's like the office intern later on. She is also bi. I think that's it. That's but I could be wrong. That's a few. Yeah, that's a few. That's enough. <laughs> there, there's queer characters. <laughs> yeah. I also saw, um, this isn't really related, but um, you also sent me the theme song. Yeah. Which, because it's not in the first episode, uh, which also is animated. Well, like mostly animated, which I did not expect. <laughs> yeah. And in the, the that part, there's like, there it points to, there's like four characters who are like singing with, yeah. Rebecca. And they're animated, so I can't quite tell who they are, but there's one that says coworker, which I assume is Paula. There's one that says, like, buddy or, or, or friend or something, and I think it's Greg. Yeah. And then there was another one I don't remember, and then there was one that was neighbor, and it was, like, a girl with, like, streaks in her hair that we I don't think we meet in this episode. No, you don't meet Heather in this episode. Heather is super cool, though. She's chill as fuck. I love her. Yeah, I was just trying to, I was like, was that a character who was in this episode and I just totally forgot, but... No. And then there's one other person in the intro who I don't even remember. It might have been Daryl. I think it, it was Daryl. I'm pretty sure it's yeah. Daryl. But yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to know if those characters were who I thought they were. They are. Yeah. You didn't meet Heather, but I love her. She's good. And you don't meet Valencia and Valencia's good. Valencia and Rebecca is also a good ship. <laughs> nice. Wait, Valencia is Josh's girlfriend? Yeah. <laughs> Nice. Honestly, Josh and Greg should get together. I haven't even met Valencia, but she can get together with Rebecca and then everyone can be happy. Yeah. End of show. We fixed <laughs> it. We solved it. We don't need four seasons. <laughs> no. That could happen in like two episodes. Yeah. We don't. 
We don't need growth. Who cares about that? Only gays. Oh, I need to ask you who my favorite character is. I went straight to ships. Is your favorite character Rebecca? I feel like Rebecca is my favorite character after my favorite character leaves. Greg? Yeah. (laughs) I love Greg. He did. I did like him in this episode, too. He's good. He's so weird. He's such a bitter little asshole. I liked when she ran off with Paula to go have a breakdown. He was like, okay, I'll just stand here. He's just like in the middle of this party, just kind of like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. That was good. What a good boy. Okay. So, what am I watching in two weeks? I think that we are going to, uh, completely different from what we just watched, uh, we are going to go in back to the world of anime. Okay. And we are going to watch the first episode of Full Metal Alchemist. Okay. The suit of armor. <laughs> yes. There is a suit of armor. I'm still mad that the suit of armor isn't the Full Metal Alchemist, but I'll let it go eventually. <laughs> That's a running gag in the show. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna watch uh, a fantasy anime, very different from uh, from this, but uh, hopefully hopefully it's a good episode. You mean they don't burst into song? I'm sad. I don't. I mean, you know, animes always have like cool like intros that have songs. The characters aren't singing though. I, I would argue almost every show has that, but sure. That's true. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. Okay. I feel like animes are known for their, like, long, detailed intros. Although I honestly have no... I do not remember what the intro is for the beginning of Fullmetal Alchemist. <laughs> okay. But yes, we are going to watch Fullmetal Alchemist in two weeks from now, or whatever. Yes. It, it is. So, thank you all for listening. You can send us an email at episodeepiphanies at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at epiphaniespod. You can tweet us with hashtag epiphaniespod. Send us a rating. Send us a rating. Yeah, send, send it us to us. Rating. Just send it to us via email. Don't put it on iTunes. I <laughs> Send it in the mail. Send it in a postcard. Oh, Just write yeah. two episode epiphanies and it'll get find its way to us. Yeah, definitely. That's how addresses work. Mm-hmm. Do that. Or on iTunes. You could do it on iTunes, too, if you really wanted to. Yeah, if you don't have, like, a carrier pigeon homed in on our houses, then you can yeah. s- put it on iTunes and we'll find it. But, of course, you do have a carrier pigeon because <laughs> you, dear listener, are smarter than both of us combined. It's true. Bye. Bye. I like the idea that owning a pigeon makes you smart.